This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning, Radio Land. It's cold. It's so cold. But if you have the fire of the Most High activated in you, well, guess what? You'll warm right up. So we're here again Monday morning, 1130 a.m., 94.1, wave 94. And I just had such a great weekend. I hope that you did as well. And so we're going to talk about authority release. You're listening to Escape to Heaven, Servant Marcia, Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. Let's get started. Remember last time when we spoke, we talked about how Jesus gave believers delegated power. And yet most of us just go to church and sit in the pews and, you know, every now and then we'll do something. Maybe we'll do a little uh, helping clean up. Oh, God, not that. Or maybe we'll greet people at the door. But do we remember the real assignment and purpose of our existence on earth? In church yesterday, the pastor talked about work. That, uh, you know, it's not enough to have that salvation, but we must work because the Lord has given us so much. Amen. And we will be measured uh, by that when we stand before the Lord. The foundation of the power and authority delegated to believers hinges on our ability to understand the sovereignty of our Father, of Jesus, of Holy Spirit, you know, to praise and worship the Lord, to love each other, eliminate, destroy offenses between each other so that the spirit of unity or of one accord can exist among us. Jesus must stand with us in this battle of the seeds, the serpent seed and the woman seed. And believers, we are the woman seed, the remnant that choose to believe and follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior, adhering to the word of God. Amen. So why do we praise the Lord? I mean, what is God's history that would make us want to praise him. So that took me over to Psalms 135, where it says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise him, O you servants of the Lord. You that stand in the house of the Lord in the courts of the house of our God, praise the Lord. Why? For the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name because it's pleasant. I am so happy this morning because of services yesterday. I think I went to three services yesterday praising the Lord. For the Lord has chosen Jacob 
and Israel as his peculiar treasure. For I know that the Lord is great, that our Lord is above all gods. Whatsoever the Lord please, that did he in heaven and earth, in the seas and in all deep places. He caused the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightning for the rain. He bring the wind out of his treasures. He smote the firstborn of Egypt. That was like uh, bigger than the United States. I mean, that was the uh, government that ruled the whole world, both of man and beast. Uh, he sent tokens and wonders into the midst of Egypt. He smote great nations and slew many kings. Zehan, these are giants, king of the Amorites, Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of the Canaanites. Those were kingdoms where the serpent seeds actually were already residing. You know, Satan... The accuser is our enemy, and he has strategized for thousands of years now how to destroy the seed of the woman. But God gave their land for an heritage unto Israel, his people. The name, thy name, O Lord, endureth forever, and thy memorial, O Lord, through all generations. For the Lord will judge his people. He will repent. See, that's the good thing about our God. He don't just, you know, uh, get angry or or teach us something and then stay there forever. No, he actually repent concerning his servants. You know, he repented once before about making the earth and the great flood came. But then he also repents about sometimes his intent towards us when we're rebellious. He'll turn away from his own anger and extend love, grace and mercy and loving kindness towards us. Okay. So, uh, but the idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of men's hands, such as we are to have today. Today we worship money. We worship buildings. We worship wealth. We worship even success. <laughs> These are idols. Uh, the idols, but back in the day, they had actual statues and they still have them today. I mean, you know, Hinduism, Buddha, and many other cultures, they literally go and put food and, and all kinds of things in front of idols. And uh, the word of God, uh, we're still on Psalms 135, verse 16, says they have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they cannot hear, and neither is there any breath in their mouths. They that make them are like unto them, and is everyone that trusts in them. So if you're worshiping idols and you made these things, how can they deliver you when you made them to those that are still secretly having idolatry? There are people that go to churches. I was a pastor once and had people in the church that was there every time the church door opened, and eventually it came out that they were also worshiping idols of their family in their home as well. I mean, literally taking fruits and vegetables and all of that. So we must bless the Lord, O house of Israel. And by faith, those that have accepted Jesus Christ have been blended in to the uh, children of God. Amen. And so bless the Lord out of Zion, which dwells in Jerusalem. And that is chapter 135. Now in chapter uh, 136, 
we it says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? So now we know we must praise the Lord. If you want this authority and power that Jesus have released unto us to be uh, active in your life, there are some rules that we have to follow, some principles. The first one is praising the Lord. The second one is thanking being filled with thanksgiving towards our Father, towards our Creator. Psalms 136, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, little gods, for His mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy, oh my God, endureth forever to him who alone doth great mercy for his wonders, for his mercy endureth forever to him that by wisdom made the heavens for his mercy endureth forever to him that stretched out the earth. Above the waters for his mercy endureth forever to him that made great lights for his mercy endureth forever. Are you starting to get the rhythm of this? We give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. We are to know that we must give thanks to the Lord. Amen. Why? Because verse 24 says, he hath redeemed us from our enemies and our primary enemy is sin, which ties to Satan, which ties to the dragon, which ties to the serpent in the garden of Eden. For his mercy endureth forever. Who give food to all flesh for whether you're worshiping him or not. The Bible say God, the creator gives food to all flesh, animal, mankind. Why? For his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. So that's why we praise the Lord. That's why we give thanks. And we can see from his history, he is worthy. Amen. God answers our prayers and our petitions. Psalms 138 verse number three. In the day when I cried, the Lord answered and strengthened me with strength in my soul. And though I walk, verse number seven, in the midst of trouble, right? God will revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. And God does not forsake the works of his own hands. We are the works of God. Amen. God made us in Psalms 139. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my down sitting and mine uprising. See, God knows you. He understand our thoughts <laughs> uh, far off. Uh, you come past my path and my lying down and you are acquainted with all my ways, in case you think that nobody understand you and nobody knows you, Psalms 139 says, for there is not a word 
and my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it already. Uh, you have beset me behind and before, laid hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. And whither shall I go from the spirit of God? How shall I flee from the presence of God? If I ascend up into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, in the darkness, I can't hide from you. But the night shineth the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to the Lord. We cannot hide from God because God knows everything about us. You have possessed my reins. That means God can control us <laughs> if he so desired. You've covered me. When, when we were in our mother's womb, God was covering us. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and thy that my soul knoweth right well. So we are not hidden from the Lord. Uh, God sees us. He sees our substance, even though we're imperfect. And in God's book, all my members were written, <laughs> which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. So even before God formed us and allowed us to get in our mother's womb, here he knew all about us. How precious also are thy thoughts. So our God knows us. You could ask the Lord to search you and God will know your heart. You can say, try me and God will know your thoughts. Amen. <laughs> so our God is wonderful. Believers, it is so good that you and I are able uh, to walk into intimacy because that's what God desire for us to. Jesus said, you know, take my yoke and learn of me. Why? Because in us learning about God through Jesus, you know, uh, we become more like Jesus. Uh, see, there's a key point here. God created one people. He created one mankind, but due to rebellion, particularly uh, during the time of the Tower of Babel. Uh, the whole earth was separated into 70 nations, but God selected one, tr one little tribal person uh, lineage, and that's Abraham, to bring the woman's seed to the earth to fulfill the prophetic word that God himself spoke when he dealt with Adam, Eve, and the serpent and stated that I will put enmity between your seed serpent and the woman's seed. When Jesus was born, that was a game changer because the pool of the remnant, the woman's seed that would remain loyal to the creator increased exponentially, okay, by the number of believers not just the genetic tribe of Abraham, but to all those who adopted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because through faith, they became also the sons of Abraham. And I think that's talked a lot about in Romans. So Jesus wants us, as we accept him, to not just be the church, but to become the bride. Amen. And then while we're on earth, we're to occupy until he come. So how do we effectuate this power and authority that he's given us? 
over in John, the 15th chapter, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And that way people will know that you are disciples of Jesus. So you have the authority and the power and the protection and all this that Jesus have given us in the assignment. But we have to abide in Jesus, right? As the father loved Jesus. This is what John, uh, this is in John, the 15th chapter. Jesus is saying this. As the father loved me, I also have loved you. So abide in my love. Well, how do you abide in Jesus' love? Keep the commandments. If you keep my commandments, Jesus' commandments, and Jesus' commandments is, is different. It's higher, actually, than the commandments, the Ten Commandments, because Jesus' commandments start from the heart. You know, he even says that if you look at a woman with lust, you may not have gone to bed with her. But you have already committed adultery or fornication. Why? Because he starts in the realm of the spirit. Moses started in the manifesting, like what you could see with your eyes. But then if that heart is not correct, you can still do the Ten Commandments, but then still not be transformed. And that's why you would fall back again into sin, as the Israelites did over and over and over Again, amen. So here in John, the 15th chapter says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I, so Jesus himself kept his father's commandments and he abided in his father's love. So these things I have spoken to you. Why? That my joy may remain in you. That your joy, believer, Woman seed remnant may be full. So this is my commandment. This is Jesus speaking to us in John, the 15th chapter, that you love one another as I have loved you. Um, in the 17th chapter, he speaks about eternal life. But I want to go back to love because without love, we can't forgive each other without love. Uh, we will we will hurt each other. We will be offended. We will never be transformed. I mean, never, because you will have bitterness at your root. So let's look at what Jesus says in John, the 17th chapter. He talks about Jesus spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life. What is it? That you and I may know the only true God and Jesus Christ, the Messiah, whom God have sent. So, and I want to clarify about eternal life. We have, we, you will never die. Let's, let's clear that up. Even when your body ceases to exist, you're still living. The question is, will you have eternity? Where will you abide in eternity? Will you go back to the creator or will you descend to hell with 
the rebellious one, uh, Lucifer, who became Satan. Where will you abide? Because once uh, he was cast out, once Satan was cast out and fell like lightning, right? You know, he looked back up at the father and said, well, it's not fair for me to go down there. And then those that agree with me, where are they going to go? Are they going to go back to you? And so God is a just God. Amen. He is a fair God. He's objective. He loves, matter of fact, he loves all that he's created. <laughs> so Jesus prayed for all believers in John, the 17th chapter, starting at 13th verse. He says that you may have your joy, that they may have my joy, Jesus' joy fulfilled in themselves. So Jesus is talking to the Father, saying, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Because, see, once you receive and you accept and you live the word of God in your life daily, you are no longer a part of this world spiritually. You're here, but you're heavenly bound. So I do not pray that you should take them out of the world but that you should keep them from the evil one. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me, this is Jesus, through this their word, that all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. This is Jesus praying to his Father. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one. Just as we are one, I in them and you and me, that they may be made perfect and one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you have loved me before the foundation of the world. What kind of love is that? And that's the kind of love that Jesus expects you and I to emulate while we're on earth. In Matthew, the 18th chapter, because one of the major reasons why we don't stay in love with each other, and if we don't do in love with each other, it's difficult for us to be in love with Jesus or God the Father. We'll say it, but in reality, we are not. Because you've never seen Jesus, you've never seen God. So how can you love someone you've never seen, but you can't love the one you see? Jesus speaks about that in Matthew, the 18th chapter. He say, woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense come, if your hand or foot cause you to sin. So even if we offend ourselves, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life, meaning eternal life with the Father, lame or maimed, rather than having two hands, two feet, and be cast into the everlasting fire. So if your eye costs you to sin, pluck it out, cast it from you. Okay? Why? It's better for you to enter into life, eternal life with one eye, rather than having two eyes and be cast into hell. Now, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him, okay, his fault between you and him alone. If he hear you, 
you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take it with you. Take with you one or two more witnesses that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuse to hear you, tell it to the church. And if he refuse to even hear the church, let that brother be to you like a heathen. Why? Love has been broken. The court is broken. Offense has settled into that brother. And only God himself can break it when it gets to that level. So our ability to utilize this supernatural authority given to us by Jesus, it would be hindered if we cannot be on one accord with each other so we can be on one accord with Jesus. Uh, because that's how the binding and loosing work. A lot of people think that, you know, oh, I'm safe, sanctified, I speak in tongues, but you're the most meanest and saddest and just an unkind person. And you think that you're puffed up in your own self and you think that you got it going on. Well, that's not what the Bible say. So let's read it a little bit more. Matthew 18, chapter 18, verse. So shortly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth would be bound in heaven. And that's in the heavenlies, you know, where that, where all those fallen angels and all that kind of stuff, those unclean spirits are, are actually existing in a part of heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there also in the midst of them. So what I'm trying to point out the best that I can, saying so God, we need to stay in love with each other. We cannot afford in this hour to not to forgive each other or to be offended by each other. We have to humble. <laughs> and uh, sometimes we just got to know, know that you did right, but didn't do it the right way. And you offended somebody and accept that. I, I let me win this person back because this might be the, the one or two that you need to touch and agree with so that Jesus can be in your midst. So, you know, we must be in love with each other. I, there's a part in the Bible where it says that people identify the disciples of Jesus by the love that we have for each other. And when we talk about binding and loosening, we're talking about spiritual authority. So um, there's a guy that wrote a position paper, Reverend William Heyer, and he was talking about how uh, when we're binding, uh, what binding meant was to tie up heavy burdens and lay it on someone's shoulder. And, um, or it's that the word of God is uh, released. So when we bind it up, we're binding up. There was a, um, a book that I was listening to, an audio book, and it was saying how the angels of the Lord would literally come down and the fallen angels and they would bind them up with heavenly court. And so that makes me see us when we're binding unclean spirits from operating in someone or in atmosphere or in ourselves. We're literally taking the court of heaven and binding that entity up. And when we're loosing uh, the spiritual, uh, we're loosing the Holy Spirit of the fire of the Lord. We're loosing just like the guy that was um, Lazarus. You know, Lazarus was he was bound up by the spirit of death. 
And then Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, come forth. So Lazarus was loosed from the grave and loosed from his grave clothing. And that's what we do when we use binding and loosing. But we are not effective if we're not in love with each other because Jesus has to be with us when we're binding and loosing, when we're, when the apostles were binding something or forbidding it to operate on earth, they were carrying out the will of God. And when they were loosing something, that means they were allowing what God's will is for that circumstance to operate, fulfilling God's eternal plan. You have been listening to Escape to Heaven. And now I'm talking about, yeah, escape to heaven while we're on earth, utilizing the power and the authority that Jesus has given to us. And I would like to pray for myself and you and Radio Land. And so let's go on one accord. And Father God, I ask you today to touch our hearts and reveal to us where we have offended people and people have offended us, Lord. And Father, let us go and rectify those circumstances so that we can become, we can become the bride, that we can be transformed and we can be renewed in our minds and in our hearts, Lord, by humbling unto each other, submitting unto each other, submitting unto the word of God. And I ask you, Lord, to strengthen us in our inner man, Lord, and allow us, Lord, to grow up and mature so that you, Father, can look down from heaven and you can see your will being executed here on earth by the believers, the remnant, the woman seed, Lord God, and this eternal war that we're in, that we'll end one day, you know, when Jesus comes back, we'll end one day. When the thousand years are over, it will end one day when all that belongs to you claim you and all that do not are thrown in that everlasting fire. We thank you, God, for your word. And if you have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please repeat after me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God raised from the dead by the power of God. I am saved. And you have just taken the first step of your journey towards becoming the remnant, the woman's seed. You must walk in faith, find a church, pray fast, read your word, and be transformed into the bride and into utilizing effectively the authority that Jesus has given us. God bless you. Thank God for today. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Walk with faith. Anybody want to see your loved ones? Mm, yeah.